0: Before I even start today's episode, I just want to give a fair warning of some things that I'm seeing. Yesterday's episode was obviously speaking about the moon birds and everything going over in that project. However, I definitely want to say I'm seeing more scans with this project than any other project that I've seen up to this point. It has been a crazy couple of days. And more people I'm seeing that have had their money stolen even on the mint phase, but definitely even now it is still continuously going, although it has minted out. And we obviously see that it's going to the moon on the secondary market. Definitely the thing that I'm seeing right now that I really want to bring some attention to, I tweeted this out. So if you have seen that tweet, I think it'd be good to share it with your friends and let them know that they are hacking official Twitters, like ones with check marks. So if people that are in the press or whatever it might be, they might have a weak password and they just go on there and they change their name to Moonbirds. And they're using those accounts now to have fake drop pages, fake contests and giveaways and all these different things. Obviously the intention of it is to get people to click these links where they're either going to fish information or it's going to be something asking them to connect their wallet and then that's when bad things happen. Some people I've heard that they've actually connected to various things and they think they're getting an error message as if the transaction is not going through. So each time they try to click it and they press it and press it and each time they enter it, it is sending out ETH. So it is absolutely crazy times. So just be very careful and make sure that you're going to the official links and websites, and everything is off of Proof.xyz or Moonbirds.xyz, because this is the Proof Collective. And from there, you'll see all of the addresses, all of the links to Twitters, everything. But I would definitely just not even click anything as far as this project if you are a newbie because it is so hot right now that it's just asking for trouble. And for most of us, even myself cannot afford to get in at this crazy price that it is at right now. They are not giving away free ones. They're not giving away contests as far as because the mint went so well that they want to give away free ETH. Like anything like that is just definitely a scam. But if you want to actually read up on the project and do some research and see what's going on the official link is moonbirds.xyz or xyz depending which country you're in so anyways back to the regular schedule program what does accessibility really mean it is one of those words that we're hearing a lot in this space but i realize it doesn't mean the same thing for everyone today we're going to discuss what it means in all of its different forms And in this whole NFT Web3 space, it is sort of one of those buzzwords that keeps coming up, such as community, diversity, equity, access, accessibility, all of this stuff continuously comes up and on the surface they sound great but you have to understand what these people are meaning when they say that because this word can have many meanings, many intentions and it can be used in many contexts. So I'm just going to go through a few of the most popular ways it is being used. And first and foremost, the actual definition by the dictionary is easy to obtain or enter or use. So the easiness of it being used. That is probably the best way I would describe it. But as far as when we're talking about apps and anything, especially coming out of the Web 2 web design and all of those things as having the functionality of the app or software or program, whatever it might be. They try to make it so that the deaf, the blind and all those different people can access it and use it. And just giving an example, when Clubhouse first came out, they were speaking about different ways to have accessibility. So people that had uh, hearing issues, they might have it typed up on the screen or someone who was using another app that they might be, blind or whatever they would figure out some way to allow those people to use those various apps so with that when you hear that word a lot of the times it's speaking about a web tool or some sort of technologies to help people overcome their disability in order to use that particular platform but that is not what it means most cases in the nft space or in web 3 when they say accessibility they're going to use some other terms such as there's going to be no gatekeepers keeping other people out and yesterday in that same episode episode when I was speaking about Moonbirds and all that. The analogy I used was Augusta National Golf Club down in Georgia. And with that, there's 300 members cap and you have to be invited into that club. At no time, they're going to have more than 300. And you can't just walk off the street, even if you're a billionaire, and apply to go in. One of the existing members has to invite you into the club. Then you go through the whole process and still have to pay all of your fees. Now, that is not very accessible. So the exact opposite of that is there's no gatekeepers in the old boys club and allowing anyone to get into this thing. So a lot of the time, that is what people are saying is it does not matter if you're banked, if you're rich, if you're black, you're white, you're poor, you're from uh, the US, you're from Haiti, you're from Africa, China, it does not matter where you're from. When they say accessibility, a lot of the times they're trying to say that it's open for everyone. And it really comes in its different forms as well, because there's uh, the expression of there's no glass ceilings. You know, we're talking about in the corporate work world and all of that stuff. There's people saying that there's a glass ceiling put on a particular group of people. Most commonly, you'll hear that referred to as women that have the same experience doing the same job. The statistics show that there's a glass ceiling as to their earning power for whatever reason. So when they say accessibility, a lot of the times they're referring to things such as that, that it does not matter. If where you're from and all of that, that you still have the same ability to get into a mint. You still have the same ability to get into a community or into uh, just understanding what's going on in this space because it is so new. The pie is ever growing and there's just so much space. We're not competing with each other. There's room for collaboration and there's enough to go around for all of us to make it. That's where that whole wag me turn comes from is because this space is growing so rapidly that the people coming into it, all can carve out their own space and everyone will be okay because we are so early still. But then another use of this is uh, the fair pricing of things. So a lot of the way uh, people are locked out of some of these projects, even as I said, with Moonbirds or any of them, or even go to a more legacy, a blue chip project such as the Board Apes. How many of us have a couple hundred thousand dollars that we can just buy an ape and get into the community? I don't know about you, how your wallet's sitting, but I don't have that current ability. So most people do not have that access to the Bored Apes Yacht Club. And as far as I know, like most of them that I've come in contact with that I've met and everything, they're all cool people. It's not like they're super arrogant that they got into this thing. At the end of the day, we all came into it at the same time. And just some of us happen to buy the right things, get into the right projects. And in that case, most of the board Apes that I've spoken to, they don't think that they're any better than any of us that are in other projects or whatever. So they are sort of an accessible community in the sense that they will talk to you, give you information, alpha and all sorts of things. However, actually getting into And in buying one of those, it is not accessible to most people. So when they were speaking about price and the actual mint and how much is going to be generated in that, that is something that is taken into consideration. And really, probably one of the first projects that I would say that really took that into consideration, despite all of its hype and everything that was going in, and it was a much hotter market at that time, was when Women tried minted. And that was actually a zero point. 0.04 0.04 ETH mints, And at that time, that was ridiculously cheap because a lot of things were still minting out and they were selling for you know, 0.1, 0.2, 0.15. And it was just going crazy. So when that came out at 0.04, I remember Izzy, the founder had said that the thing that she was really looking at why she wanted it to be minted at this price is because she looked at the worldwide income and she didn't want it just to be people from North America and Europe. She wanted people all around the world to be able to afford it and get in. So that is truly in its essence of Price accessibility and allowing other people to get in. But also, it could mean that you have access to the founders. When certain times they're speaking about the projects and uh, accessibility is a very big part of it, and then you might look at the mint price and say, That doesn't look very accessible. This is a 10 ETH mint or I'm just saying some crazy number. It's like, Well, how is that accessible? What they mean is this person is a very high caliber person, someone who might be in a Fortune 500 company or something that to speak with them. You normally have to go through hoops to get to them. However, in this particular project, you have access to that person and you don't have to go through all of those hoops. So that's what they might mean because certain times you'll hear, oh, accessibility is very big for us. And then you look through what their price is, what their roadmap is, what their community is like, how many they're going to be minting on the chain. And it's like, this doesn't seem very accessible, but if you actually sit in a space and you're listening to the project founders and seeing what they actually mean by that word accessibility, It's they're using it referring to the access to the team or the big shots that are in the project. That's what they mean by it. Or sometimes you'll just hear about the various accessibilities as far as the low-tech barrier. You don't want to make this too difficult for most people to get. And for example, it is actually a pretty advanced thing to be able to load up your wallet with most cryptocurrencies and go out and mint an NFT and then swap that away, put it on a hardware wallet. And that is a very difficult task. So just all the steps that are involved with it. First of all, for someone, I'll just use ETH going on OpenSea, for example. Because, again, that is just where the volume is, the number of people, the number of dollars, all of that stuff. You have to go to an exchange. You have to buy your ETH. Okay, that's step one. That's someone who's now just coming into the crypto space. Then you have to set up a MetaMask wallet on a browser or whichever one that's going to connect to OpenSea or wherever it's going to be. So that is step two. There's a lot of people that are in crypto. They have ETH. They've been doing all sorts of things, but they have never set up a MetaMask or another hot wallet or even a cold wallet that can communicate with these various NFT platforms. So that is step two. Then you're going to have to now transfer that ETH from the exchange into the MetaMask wallet. That's another step. Now, if you're going not even to an Ethereum-based NFT and you're going to Polygon, well, now that's even more steps because within MetaMask or whichever wallet, you're going to have to connect the Polygon network so that someone can have Matic in there and then that those Polygon NFTs are also going to show. So that is a lot of steps. And if you have no idea what I'm speaking about right now, that is clearly not an accessible path towards going out and buying these particular NFTs. So if any of that did not make any sense to you whatsoever, I highly recommend you look in the show notes. And I have three episodes that just defines a whole bunch of NFT words that you can go through, look at all of those, and familiarize yourself with all these terms. And it would just help you to go through. But I just start with a baseline, assuming that if you're listening to this, you've at least uh, understood most of those words. And if not, They are there in the show notes, and no worries, we all have to start somewhere. But going back to the whole thing, assuming you understood everything I said, that is a very difficult task, and to know that... Those are all the steps that newbies have to go into it. That is not a very accessible mint. That project is going to be for someone who is very advanced. Compared to one of these smaller platforms such as Nifty's, you never know that this might be way more accessible to other people, although it is much more of a niche market and not as many people on that platform. But the process might be so much easier for a newbie coming in that it actually might be a more accessible platform than even OpenSea someone could just take out their debit card such as nifties with the whole matrix drops and all the things they do over there space jam and all that you can make those purchases with your debit or credit card that is very accessible and you just have it right there it's in your account now getting it out and putting it elsewhere and transferring things out that is another story in itself but as far as just getting the purchase being able to get it that is much more accessible path than what all of those crazy things that i just said so depending which blockchain it is on which token is being used and all of this stuff is all also playing into this whole accessibility thing. So when you're speaking or listening to these founders speak about it, and if you're looking at their roadmap and everything and it's not lining up, well, the longer you listen to them, you can actually figure out which one of these categories is it actually falling in. Because I see a lot of people that are calling certain projects and founders that they're hypocrites for saying that, yeah, this is all about accessibility, but you're doing this. Well, if you really listen to them, and for the most part, most of these projects that I research spend time in these spaces and hang out with these founders and various communities because I do this every single day because I'm making these episodes and what have you and I have nowhere enough funds on any of these blockchains to actually buy into all of them so I get to hear a broad array of how these people speak about these different things. So hopefully I condense everything into one place where you can see what that means and not get so upset when someone is using that term accessibility and it seems like they are not using it correctly or they're being hypocrites about it. That might be seem so basic and obvious to other, a lot of people that have spent a lot of time speaking to these founders and communities and hearing. But for most people that are coming into the space, maybe they've only been here for a month or two. It could be very frustrating to hear a founder say, yes, this is all about accessibility, and they look at the price and realize like they they could not access that if they really wanted to. So as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time for listening to this episode, and if you're enjoying this content, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd review on whatever platform that you're listening to, Apple, Spotify. Google Podcast, Stitcher, wherever it may be, and I'd really appreciate it because when someone's browsing through, trying to figure out which show to watch, or I say watch, listen to, this is a podcast, there's nothing to see, seeing some ratings and reviews, it does sort of encourage them to click. So I greatly appreciate that. And as usual, I'm excited to learn and build Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space.